Hello, I'm Sarah Vine and this is Sarah Vine's Female Half Hour for Male Plus. I am joined, as ever, by my lovely friend and co-host Imogen Edwards-Jones coming up on today's show. December 26th, well, sort of this week, will mark 30 years since the end of the Soviet Union. We are going to speak to a real, live Russian princess who lived through the whole thing. Plus, our beauty guru, Hannah Betts, is here to prep and help us prep for the coming days. Oh, God, I'm so prepped already. I don't need to do any more prep. <laughs> anyway, yes, let's prep some more. You don't have a scrap of makeup on. Am I, this is zero prep Literally today. zero prep. Sorry. <laughs> I don't have any makeup on, listener. You look I, like a boiled egg. Do I? That's no, quite rude, no. actually. She's very rude today. Anyway, especially since last week, she came and did the podcast with COVID. I know. Sorry, I didn't realise that. She I came know. into the podcast pod pod hole, whatever mm. the thing is, looking a bit I peaky, say, little under the weather. I said, "God, you look awful." She said, "I'm absolutely fine," <laughs> and then went home, tested positive for COVID. I so know. I sat in a box room with you for an hour and a half. Mm, yeah, you're clearly made of Teflon because I've uh, that all. You know, I've had it so many times. Yes, <laughs> I haven't noticed. Yes. Anyway, I've got about I've had about seventy five clear lateral flows. Have just you? in case anyone Good. is worried okay. that I'm spre- super spread, I'm not. I feel fine. Yes, and what insofar as one ever does these days. Yes. But anyway, but for, and also first, me too strikes again. We have to do that. Um, oh, I know. Poor old Chris Noss. Um, or well, is it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the weird thing. There's something very odd about this story. I feel I feel sorry for him, but clearly also sorry for the women concerned. I should just say that Chris Noth, in case you don't know, is the chap who plays Mr. Big in Sex and the City, mm. and that he has been accused of posthumous. No, that's is that that's, that means he's dead. No, that's not right. <laughs> sorry, sexual assault, but a long time ago, yes. ten, 10, 20 years ago. Yes. So, um, but he's been cancelled, and within seconds. Um, I know. Well, that's what I find so extraordinary is how swift the cancelling. Mm. There's that was a brilliant documentary actually on Radio Four. I'm not supposed to talk about other things. Yes. Uh, John Ronson yes. talking about council culture. Yeah. And it is extraordinary how quickly you it can goes. just be wiped off yeah. the face of the earth. So he's lost. He's no longer filming. He's lost his tequila. Um, he's uh, I think his wife has been photographed without her wedding ring I mean in a matter of days Um, I mean the thing is I don't know I mean the problem is with these retrospective accusations is that A it all happened so long ago so it's quite hard to work out it's all he said he Mm. said she said but also I do think that there is a process and you should go through it you know they should you know if he's been accused of things let's Let's examine the evidence. Yes. And wait to cancel yes. the person. Yes. Because if he's not guilty, yeah. then his life is already ruined. And actually, that's not fair. But they, but it keeps happening. Yeah. People's lives keep... Happened being... to Noel Clark. Do you yeah. remember that guy who yeah. was in all those things? Suddenly yes. He... He's disappeared from the face of yeah. the earth. Uh, you know, he may well be... You know, he may well have some issues yeah. and, and may well there may well be a legal process to yeah, be Yeah, but there's had. a difference between being a sort of... A bit of a sort of badly behaved and being an actual rapist mm. and i think the whole point is that there is a process there is a process which is legislative um and you should go through it before you have your uh, what i find so interesting is that all the stars in sex in the city have distanced himself distanced themselves from him immediately immediately and it reminds me of the way that all the people who were in the harry potter films have distanced themselves from jk rowling yeah it's like no one has the courage to say, well, listen, I don't know what, what he happened. did. Yeah. I know him as a friend and I've worked with him and he's never done anything like that to me. Well, that's what's so striking you know. about that statement is clearly that he's not, not a popular person <laughs> Maybe he's set. not. Yeah, no, exactly. Maybe he's not a popular person <laughs> on set. That's true. Clearly he's not very well liked on set. That's true. Anyway, um, uh, you know, I just do think that we need to be careful about this. And I think also 
the other, well, you just get a sense that people wanted to protect their own skins. That's the thing. Immediately. And that's what I find very, very yeah. weird. And, you know, but also we haven't appeared to have learned anything from, you know, all the police trials that went on about, you know, so-and-so is a paedophile, uh, you know, the paedophile ring. whatever it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. with that mad person who accused all of the, I mean, people like Leon, was it Leon Britton? Britain, yeah. yeah, that's it, who died. Mm. Yeah. Know. So I think it's very dangerous when people yeah. suddenly turn, point the finger and go, yeah. you... Um, there was that famous saying, if you point one finger, there are three pointing back exactly, at you. Exactly. So I think we should all be a lot more careful before we start um, accusing Yeah, I mean, there is things. a process. And as we have seen from previous cases, people do tell lies and mm. they do uh, make things up, uh, unfortunately. And it's not, uh, it, you know... Or they may remember things differently. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I do wonder whether there has to now sort of be a slight time limit on these things. Do you think? I mean... Five, five years, ten years. I mean, some of these accusations go back twenty years. Mm. I mean, how can you possibly sort of? I don't. I can't remember what I did last Thursday. Let alone <laughs> twenty years ago. God's sake, honestly. Anyway, uh, moving on. It's now thirty years since the Soviet Union collapsed. Can you believe it? No. Feels like only yesterday. I know. That's because we're so old. <laughs> anyway, in December 1991, Moscow lost its empire, causing upheaval for millions as more than a dozen independent states were created and shockwaves were sent around the globe. I am joined now by a Russian princess. Mm, she one. is indeed. Proper. How do you say princess in Russian? <laughs> don't ask me. Ask uh, her. <laughs> Principiozio. I don't know. Who experienced firsthand the aftermath of the dissolution of the USSR, Princess Katya Galitsyn. Katya. Hello. Your I'm Royal Highness. Huh? No, I'm not royal. I'm noble. <laughs> okay, how do you difference. say it? How do you say it? How do you say princess in Russian? Well, I, I was born of my Galician family, so I'm a knizhna. If I'd marry the prince, like people like Diana do, you become a knigginya. Oh, my goodness. Mm, that's very, very so exciting. specific. <laughs> so I was born a princess. I'm actually a missus now because I got married to an Englishman. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, so um, you were known as the punk princess, weren't you? She was indeed. I was by the Daily Mail, yes. <laughs> yes. Tell us more. <laughs> um, well, I mean, uh, where I went to Russia, I went to the Soviet Union in 1989 to study sculpture. I didn't really want to get involved in politics. I didn't want to get involved in anything other than art and a bit of music. Hmm. Walking down the street, I, I saw these rather mad punks on Nevsky Prospect, and I walked in line with them, and they were completely aghast that this foreign, very obviously a foreigner, because everyone else wore grey, hmm. um, was walking with them, and we exchanged a conversation which was things like six pistols, Oh, yeah, da, <laughs> pistols, clash, oh, clash, da. And uh, through this amazingly intense conversation that we had, because I didn't speak very much Russian, we became very close. And by, after a year, I started going out with the drummer, mm. whose name was Ribson, which is a very famous English name, according to his English teacher in the Soviet school, was Ribson. <laughs> And um, <laughs> I think she meant Robinson, yeah. but never yes. mind. Yes, or Robson. And mm. uh, so basically, 30 years ago, I was hanging out with a band of punks. She was. Uh, yeah. But you're actually Russian <laughs> originally. No, no, I was Half. born in London because my father emigrated as a child. Right. Because he was a prince and from this noble princely family. And right. And there was a revolution. Oh, yes, I remember that. 
Yeah. Oh, do you? God, I didn't know you were that old. But still. Um, <laughs> so your father was Russian and your mother... So, yeah, so he, when, when, yeah, mother how old was, was he when, when he was rescued, Katya? How old was he so when my, he was my rescued? My father was three uh, with two other little brothers and they came to England and lived in a house with lots of spare rooms where mm. um, basically any Russian refugees who came in would, would rest their weary heads. Mm. And so he lived in a very Russian home but had a British education, became more English than any mm. Englishman, served in the war, etc., etc. Mm. And he started going back in the 60s mm. take out of uh, invitation with sort of British Steel and other mm. industri- Xerox, other industries. And then by the 70s, people were actually inviting him for his historical knowledge and his access to places because... The moment, and I have found this too, the moment you mention the name Galitzin, people go, oh my goodness, have you (laughs) seen this picture that we have kept in a cupboard? Or or did you know, you know, because our family seems to have been around a long, well, it's been around since the 14th century, and, and they managed to spread themselves quite widely. <laughs> and we're all princes and princesses. Yeah. All lots and lots of us. So so where 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 so do you have lots of sort of secret castles in Russia? Palaces, darling. Palaces, sorry. Um yes, no. I do apologize. <laughs> They're not secret. Most of the Galitzin palaces are actually now quite well restored they're either in public parks or their museums mm. most of the galitzines who were boyars came from around moscow so mm. lots of um mayor Lushkov was very keen on restoring some of the palaces so mm. they're, they're public places but also haven't you got a library that you uh, developed that was in one of your uh, many palaces yes gosh i didn't know I thought we were going to talk about 1991 actually turns out you're more interesting <laughs> yeah, turns, you're more out, interesting. turns out Katia, you're actually more interesting than the fall of the, uh, uh, <laughs> the soviet well, union the soviet. i'm actually more interesting than you ever thought sarah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah but that was after 91 so when 1994 when when russia was sort of Getting, catching its breath mm. after, because for about three years it was chaos yes. yeah, I'm sure. um, there, we realised that there was a gaping hole in, in Russians awareness of who they were in the world so they hadn't actually had any access to all the books that had been written by uh, historians and, and journalists and even autobiographies of emigres abroad so they knew nothing about what the rest of the world thought of them, which, of course, is now with the Internet very hard to believe. Mm. And, and so we came upon this idea to set up a library filling the gap. So it was collecting all the books that had been written about Russia during the years of communism. And yes, Imogen, we did it in my granny's house, <laughs> but she only became a Galitzine. Oh, yes. She was from a much, much grander family, which was... I'm hard, finding it hard to believe it. There was a grander family than the Galitzines. <laughs> it's very well, funny. Well, yes. Uh, no, she came from Romanov's family, and mm. um, so they had a lovely palace in the centre of St. Petersburg, which we took over a room and restored and made into the Galitzine Library. Mm. So when I first met Katya, it was in 1992, Mm. just as the flags had changed in Red Square Mm. and the whole of the Soviet Union was falling apart. And she was living in St. Petersburg at the time. 
And I wrote a book right at the beginning mm. and catches one of the subjects of the book, which is how we became friends. And uh, yes. so I feature buying light bulbs, don't I? You buy light bulbs. So during that <laughs> period, the whole everything was falling apart and there was no clue as to what was happening at all. But Katya had this brilliant motto that if you saw a queue, one should just basically join it <laughs> in case there might be something interesting at the other end. And that's how we ended up buying light bulbs for hours. Do you remember, Katya? Yes, I do, actually. I lived near the Haymarket, which features a lot in Dostoevsky. Yeah. And it was this sort of communal market where anyone could sell anything. They'd just stand there and literally would sell their house. Because, I mean, the fine, the economic crisis was just so huge. Yeah. It was enormous, um, yeah. And you would have these people with literally signs like, like refugees around their necks saying guns for sale. And then if the police came around, they'd turn them around and go, kitten. <laughs> <laughs> and it's literally, you could buy anything. I mean, the yes. amount of rubbish I did buy because, oh, I've never seen one of them before. Yeah. And uh, then titanium spades, you know, shovels made yeah. of titanium. One teacup, sort of one teacup. Sort of, it was really yes. awful. People would stand there with a sock yeah. going, who would like to buy this yeah. sock? I mean, yeah. it was really extraordinary. Oh. The whole of the place just became this one great massive market. And through it, yeah. this beautiful girl, Katya, turned up. Uh, dressed in a tank commander's Aww. outfit, and we went night clubbing. If you remember, we did. You wore a green wig. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which nightclub did you go to, and does it still exist? And can people go there? Uh, well, the, the place still exists. It's no longer a nightclub. Um, it's called. It was called the Planetarium, and it used to be. I mean, the amazing thing about night, going back to 1991, if we may, mm. <laughs> is that. Um, I, yes, I was hanging out with punks, but I was also hanging out with artists and musicians and dancing most of the time. And, and that is, I, I was with a group of people. If you grew up in, in the Soviet Union, you were automatically political. Everyone was political. You sat around tables drinking tea with old ladies talking about politics, 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 politics. It was so, it was like a sort of Monty Python sketch. So in order to be rebellious or subversive you didn't talk about politics and you didn't think about politics so mm. i was hanging around with artists and musicians who did anything but think about politics so december 1991 which we are talking about mm. the, the biggest event that's happened in my life was the gagarin party <laughs> which was the that. most enormous rave yes held in Vedenha, which was the amazing Soviet park with all these pavilions to the greatness of the Soviet Union, with a pavilion to agriculture, with a pavilion to economics, with a pavilion to freedom, with a pavilion to space, cosmos. <laughs> and they took, these DJs took over the cosmos pavilion wow. and had a space rave called the Gagarin Party. And we... All of us from Leningrad, which it would only just become St. Petersburg mm. that August, we all tripped down, and, or tripped is sorry, wrong word. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> we uh, all got a bus, things down, traipsed down, mm. and uh, Moscow went mad. They had never, never seen the party. We'd been no. doing it for a year in squats. We've been doing it in bomb shelters. We've been doing it in the planetarium, such mm. as Imogen experience. Moscow had only had things like 
Manhattan Express, which was well known for as a sort of pickup joint for foreign bankers. Yes. So it was a huge explosion of excitement and enthusiasm mm. and freedom, I it guess. Was, yes, and no, all apolitical, and all took place. I, I looked it up. It was the fourteenth of December, and so with the events, it was actually eighth of December that the whole CIS that we now know SNG as it was in in Russian took place. Then it took a lot of negotiating mm. and ratification and it was only the 13th of December that everyone joined in like the sort of um, a, a agreeing to be a union mm. but an independent of independent state mm. and then on the 21st of December finally everybody signed it and it became SNG mm. in Russian CIS mm. and um, so it was all that week. It was one week. So and did, and was there any sense? Was there any sense of sort of foreboding, or was there were there sort of you know weird kind of SS guards wandering around looking a bit lost? I mean, d you know, it was chaos. Oh it was chaos. It was laughing. It was like, well, what? Yeah, I mean, were they at the raves? What um, were they doing? They. Well, they, Not SS. Well, I shouldn't have said SS. No, no, That's the Germans, yeah. isn't it? I meant yeah. KGB. Sorry, yeah. sorry. But well, the most interesting uh, and very important that is rarely mentioned fact is what happened in 1991. The KGB lost control. Mm. They had no control. They were probably standing around the Cosmos Pavilion making sure that all the ravers weren't being too naughty. Mm. You know, so... What was going on in the White House and the Kremlin, they lost control and they lost, they, they went slippery sliding down the slope and they lost control until about 1996. Mm -hmm. So there were these five years of complete, utter wildness that if you had any idea, you could do it. Yes, wow. do it. that's true. And unfortunately, yeah. because of the fact that you have a Soviet state that had such strict rules, mm. all the adults, particularly men, were very good at breaking the rules because mm. that was the way they had been brought up. In order to get anything done, you had to break the rules. So there is this innate, intrinsic, underlying uh, disobedience mm. in an adult Russian who was an adult in the 90s, which is why such a corrupt and criminal state suddenly erupted. Right. Sadly. Yes. And and some of it went like taking over squats like my guys or singing punk songs mm. or writing naughty poetry or whatever it was uh, or being a very avant-garde artist. Yeah, and then some is, just stole entire know, pipelines. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. And that that is, I mean, it's such an important five years of chaos in mm. Russia that was started by this uh, union of Soviet republics, which is just all they did was yeah. drop the act. Soviet. Yeah. yeah. There were lots of there were lots of sort of elderly people who found it very discombobulating. Yeah, sure. And there were lots of people who actually hated it. I yeah. see, I remember there's sort of very, very old sort of babushkas and all those sort of that generation um who found it incredibly difficult to cope with because all that they knew had yeah. had disappeared. And it was it was about being young, as Katya was saying, and exciting and, and if yeah. you if your if your life is entirely dependent upon the state, which the, for that generation it was they really
really didn't know what to do with themselves, did they? No, I'm sure, sure that's been Yeah, but it wasn't the dependence. It was all your beliefs, everything yes. you'd gone through school, through the army, through the pioneer camp, through your office, through your holidays, your sanatoriums. You know, it was everything you believed. Your whole life crumbled. I mean, it was... I was working at that, so I was, despite the partying, I was training to be a sculptor, and I and my sculptor uh, Annie Cushion, he was seventy-five years old, mm. and his his wife was a similar age, and they were literally sitting. I mean, I've got, I found a diary entry. Can I be a born and just read it mm, to you? Mm. It's so funny. It says. Um, Oh, where did I go? Here, I went to Annie Cushion's studio. His wife was there, blank-eyed, holding a pillow. Oh, Katya, what's happening? What's happening? I thought they'd know what was happening, being high up in the Communist Party. But all they had was the radio on, which played Swan Lake all day. They knew nothing. Gorbachev's been arrested, I said, and there are tanks in Red Square. This was August. But still, this was the same Mm. period it went on. Um, Anyway, there she is, holding a pillow. And I remember so... Uh, yeah, she she just used to go, oh, oh, oh. and somewhere, uh, I remember Annie Kushin, the actual sculptor, holding his hands and going, oh, poor Russia, poor Russia, because he was a great patriot mm. of the country, of the people, of the work and wealth of, of uh, amazing art and music and literature and all the philosophy and science that they managed to produce. Mm. But the fact was that it was suddenly being taken over by criminals. Mm, mm. Have you written a book about this, Katya? <laughs> not through no. lack of me no. trying to get her to do it. Why have you not written a book? <laughs> it's rude that you haven't written a book. <laughs> Sarah, that's a lovely thing to say. I'm, I'm not very good at writing. Well, you're quite I good at talking. <laughs> we yet. could just do a podcast series and then someone could just make it into a book. We could do okay, Russia. Okay. Well, I know the person who could. <laughs> Katya, that was fascinating. Wonderful. Really interesting. Just great. One thing which is hilarious, I don't know, but I just want to tell you two, <laughs> is that this is how mad and, and inane I was at the time is when it was announced that, that USSR had become SNG, I was in the metro and I saw this woman literally selling a little white kitten. And it was so beautiful and so white and snowy that I bought it for a £20 note, a real crisp one. And she went, oh, is that a queen? Is that a queen? And she ran around the metro waving this uh, £20 note, going, look, a queen, a queen, a queen, I have a queen. Anyway, I bought this uh, cat. And I called it Snowy, like Tintin's dog. Mm. It was white. My dog's called and Snowy. And in Russian, so sweet. Mm. In Russian, Snowy is Sneg. And the whole point was that it was SNG. Yeah. Because mm. it, I bought it on the day that SNG was created. So that was my my one personal did you then uh, Did you then die at pink as a punk cat? Hello. No. I hated that cat, by the way. I hated that no. cat. It used to scratch me. Hated that cat. <laughs> it used to Everybody scratch me in my sleep. <laughs> it hated me no, too. He used to sit. He used to sit on your head, and anyone's yes. head who came to stay and suffocate you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what cats do. Yes, it's their way. It's the way. It's the way they show love. No, it's not. It's the way they want to see you. No, off. no, it's the, it's the way cats show love. Assassin. Thanks, Katya. That was brilliant. Uh, wonderful. Very lovely to talk. Lovely happy to talk to you. Happy Christmas. Bye. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Bye. That was Princess Katya Galitzin. My goodness. Mm. Isn't she fabulous? Fabulous. Why hasn't she written a book? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you 
You are listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine, and Imogen Edwards-Jones. You can visit maleplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces, and more. And if you want to get in touch, you can tweet us at maleplus, at WestminsterWag, or Imogen at Imogen EJ. If, like us, you need some help choosing an outfit for Christmas or even Twixmas, what's Twixmas? It Between a, Christmas and New Year. Okay, it's not a Twix. No, God, okay. although nice. Nice. <laughs> anyway, help is on hand. We have our wonderful beauty guru, Hannah Betts, to tell us how to get out of our pyjamas and into something more exciting this holiday season. I have to say, Hannah, hello. I have bought myself a sparkly dress from H&M. Have you? Oh, yes. What, it's co- got, what colour sparkles? Oh, black sequins. I know I'm not allowed sequins because they're environmentally unsound, but it is really nice. Really? Oh, when are you wearing that for Twixmas? I thought I'd wear it on Christmas Day. I thought I'd be yes. a sort of sparkly Christmas Day to, sort of, I don't know, thing. Oh, fabulous. A Are you going to do a sparkly eye to go with it? I might do a sparkly eye, although probably it'll be more like a red eye. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I, I, I feel a bit inauthentic from your lead-in because um, I am so tired. People keep going, oh, you do look tired in a kind of very happy way. I've got a spot on my face. And a spot on my bum. Oh. And if you put if you put glitter on this, I'd look like one of those uh, sex workers in Les Mis. Um, <laughs> I I don't know what I'm going to have to do, but um, I saw you were eating alcoholic candy floss. I think I'd need alcoholic. Yes, I went for a drink. Well, Imogen and I went for our Christmas dinner last yes. night, and at the Ivy, and I ordered a cocktail which was called an Elf or something. Right. And it came with what looked like a sort of used tissue at the top of the glass <laughs> and it wasn't it was in fact um, okay, where was i nfi <laughs> lady you're always, you're always leaving me out <laughs> it was also quite a weird way to start an evening with a really sweet sort it of chewy sweet, weird thing. chocolate mm. it looked and nice though. it looked nice and but yeah. the thing did look like a weird tissue i have to say yeah. um but um so so yes so um what are we going to do hannah tell us what we need to do beauty beauty wise well i discovered fine. a new because the problem with glitter mm. is that it just falls everywhere yeah. it gives you conjunctivitis mm. um is anywhere apart from where you want it and i've discovered this thing called nyx glitter primer right it's on my page on monday for new year yeah and if you're doing a glitter eye or a glitter lip or even a glitter cheekbone this is what you need it's eight quid on amazon a glitter jowl <laughs> just it's, face um, yes, just exactly. the whole face of it perhaps a glitter moustache <laughs> uh, i can do a glitter spot chin i do a glitter uh, chin i like a glittery yeah, I chin for throbbing green <laughs> yeah. um but this is what you need because otherwise it does go everywhere apart from where you want it. I find I've it very hard to get it. off. How do you get it off? Mm. That's the thing. How do you ever get it off? Well, I, do you know, in my single days, girls, um, I wasn't wearing glitter, but I did a lot of shimmer and I was very secretive about who I was sleeping with. But I would, I would always see a certain sh- Chanel oh, that's glimmer on their faces and it was a complete giveaway. Like and a anyone tell, who a I had tell. slept with knew this was a sign. <laughs> They've been betched. Yes. <laughs> um, so it wasn't very subtle in the end. They bore, they bore the glitter spot. Um, but that stuff, and you can order it now, and it'll be with you tomorrow. Okay. Um, and so NYX, yes. glitter primer base, perfect choice. Very good. Uh, there we are. Um, so that's probably a good idea. Mm. Uh, nails, are you going to do a bit of a nail? I've got a Christmas nail already. I have got a red nail with a gold overlay. And it, 
But they look very smart. They're actually Ooh. a week old, but they are quite. They're they're, ba- they're sort of drag queen nails. Mm. Yeah, um, they're, they're very good. I they're like Christmas them. nails. My daughter Beatrice has got a snowy nail, so she's got a sort of white glittery snowy nail, which she's terribly pleased about. Mm. Emerson's mm. just got. Looks like she's been doing the gardening. I, I yes, I never wear. I don't not like any a nail. Effort, I don't like. No, I hate nails. Oh, I see. I love a nail. No, I can't bear them. I love a nail. I, I, I was in your camp, Bimo, but then now that I'm a lady of 50, <laughs> I find I need those sorts of things. Otherwise, I just, it just doesn't really, well, I, I need that to give myself a sort of sense of poise. Well, the problem with me is if I don't have an, if I don't have my nails done, if I don't put shellac on my nails, I just bite them. Right. Yes, exactly. And it stops me from biting them, and so they look quite nice. But if I didn't have this on, I just feel I, get, I feel suffocated by nail varnish. Do you? I yes, you're you very I delicate. I feel a bit ladyboy. Nice. I don't think you can say ladyboy anymore. I think that kind of contravenes a lot of rules. I, I think if it is a tribute. Yeah, you might get um, cancelled. Oh. I should warn you. Well, it would be a rest. Wouldn't it be <laughs> a few days off? I am um, so Emma. Did you get your your Pat McGrath dark star ultraviolet? No, um, I did not. I could not get it. I could not get it. What's you, that? Uh, yeah, it, there's a uh, there's an um, eye makeup was almost the color of this navy blue. Um, oh, lovely! Yeah. Um, oh God, it's fabulous. It's really pretty. Uh, no, I went to two shops. They don't get it. They don't, yeah. uh, you can only buy it on the internet. And it would only come from America yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But if they're in the unlikely event that there are any gentlemen listening to this podcast <laughs> and that it's the 24th of December, I honestly don't think... That, I think if you've bought nothing for mm. any for the lady in your life or the daughter or the teenage daughter in your life, you could do a lot worse than just walk into Peter Jones and buy some Charlotte Tilbury. Mm. Don't you think? Agreed. I mean, Agreed. there's nothing. There's there's nothing that. I mean, any per, any woman opening Charlotte Tilbury on Christmas Day is going to be happy. Yes. I mean, frankly. Yes. Because it's quite. Yes. It's just such fun makeup, and the and and I do think that that um, it, it's it's makeup. It's sort of sexy makeup. It's weird. I don't know how it she does sexy. it, but it is. And do you know what? I they, the the shades don't all suit me because I'm no. very cool toned, mm. and Charlotte does beautiful warm toned mm. things. But even it's so, it's such good stuff that even the warm tone stuff looks good mm. on me. And I also, mean, I, yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. I mean, it works. I mean, my makeup bag is sitting here, and it's full of Charlotte Tilbury. There's nothing but Charlotte. If you Tilbury are a it. cool toned girl like me, so a sort of you know not a tanned girl but a contrast woman, then the uh, my favourite lipstick, indeed the, the the lipstick that got me into lipstick because mm. I'd never worn it, like mm. like Immo with her nails used to be called Glastonbury, but obviously the global mar- market didn't understand that, so now it's called Festival Magic. And I've said to Charlotte that if she ever discontinues it, My I one. will find her and hunt her down. My one that I like of hers is called, was used to be called Walk of Shame, and now because yes. we live in PC post, you know, all that sort of times, it's now called Walk of No Shame. Oh. Which, which makes oh, I thought it was going to be called You Go Girl. No, it's, no, it's called Walk of Nature, which I think is slightly disappointing because I quite liked it being called Walk of Nature. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where's the fun and promiscuity? Uh, but she has got a very nice Christmas lipstick, which I have to say is beautiful. But I remember, wh- I remember when Charlotte was first starting out, she, she and her team came to me um, because I was doing Get the Gloss, you know, my beauty website, and yes. asked for my help. And I gave her some 
names for things, one of which was Full Fat Lashes, which was her mascara. But honestly, I've never had so much time. This is so much fun. One of the funnest jobs is choosing the names for lipsticks, I think. Yes, I, I bet, I bet. for a brand I can't mention. Oh, right, yes, uh, okay. But it rhymes with Uchi. Oh, yes. And... Um, <laughs> I have to say, it was it was my dream job. It is just so it, much fun. <laughs> life just never... I mean, forget journalism. I think both of us would leave that in order to become full-time lipstick. Yeah, owners, I would become... We? I would If I could get a job full-time naming makeup, I think I would be very happy. <laughs> perhaps, we should, perhaps we should go into business together. Is that actually a real job, though? No, it's not a job, oh. is it? No, it's not a real job. But I did well. think Full Fat Lashes was quite cool. Yeah. Um, because it was when at the time when everybody was... No one was eating carbs. Yes. It was about 10 years ago. Yes. Is they still naughty. are they still called full fat lashes? I don't know. Oh. I haven't. I mean, who yeah. knows? Probably not. No. Probably they probably pay someone now to come up with the names. Yes. I just did it for free. But that would be a nice <laughs> job, though, wouldn't it? Do you know, I've got another suggestion for uh, men who are yet to buy presents. I think used you by Estee Lauder is having a comeback moment. Used you. Yes. Because, and I can hear you wrinkling your nose. I by. am. It's wrinkled. Yeah. It used to smell slightly astringent, which I actually really liked. It's mm. not a bit of sort of hospital floor cleaner, mm. um, but in a good way. But now they've taken that slightly astringent note out, and it is divine. Mm. Honestly, go and sniff really? it. And I've been wearing it, and two of my deep perfume-loving friends have started wearing it. And, you know, three's a thing. If Threesers are doing it, and it's it a trend. is beautiful. It's a trend. Mm. Youth Dew is yeah, back. Yeah, Threesers a trend. And I do think Aromatics Elixir is very beautiful at this time okay. of year. And of course, there's Chanel. There's always number five, the best-selling yeah. perfume in the in the world uh, since the 1920s. Yes, I always think it smells like old ladies' knickers, but that's just me. Nice old ladies' knickers. Nice old ladies' knickers. I don't know. I've never liked Chanel. I want to be that old lady. Yes, gosh. Mm, I don't know what what it is. I've never never liked it. I don't know why. Well, I'm afraid you're just wrong. I am, aren't I? Yes. You're just wrong. Just difficult. That's what I am. Just difficult. Wrong and difficult. Um, Well, thank you, Hannah. But my producer's saying that I've got to wrap now. Mm. Apparently you're talking... She's saying that's quite enough That's enough eyeshadow. That's basically (laughs) what she's saying. Well... Happy Christmas, everyone. Yes, happy Christmas, darling. I hope yes, you get your whatever. heart's desire. Whatever. Okay, I'll speak in the new year. Oh, see you yeah. next year, as they always yeah, say. don't. Uh, don't. Let's hope it's Love better than this one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That was the divine Hannah Betts, the Daily Mail beauty writer. Did you like my special beauty voice there? Mm. It's very nice. <laughs> If you enjoy listening to the half hour, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. And if you want to get in touch, tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag or Imogen at Imogen EJ. You have been listening to the female half hour with me, Sarah Vine and Imogen Edwards-Jones. A thank you for listening and a very happy Christmas. Oh, indeed. Merry Christmas. <laughs>